I'm Margaret Mueller, President and CEO of the Executives Club of Chicago, Chicago region's top business forum. Join me on the Executives Exchange as I go deep with some of the most successful executives from the Chicago region and unlock the keys to their success. Trust me, you're going to want to hear this. Today on the Executives Exchange, we are privileged to feature Mark Schulman, whose sweet success has had a lasting impact on the culinary world. Mark Schulman is the president of Eli's Cheesecake Company, and he has played a pivotal role in the company's growth and prominence. Mark has a passion for creating the finest desserts and steering the company to new heights. Hear how this food enthusiast has helped to shape the gourmet dessert industry. So Mark, first of all, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk with me today. Uh, We briefly had a chance to catch up at breakfast, but I'm really looking forward to spending some more time with you today to get to know you a little bit better. Now, thank you, Travis. And I think it was really great to get together with you, you know, to hear your experience coming to Chicago and if we are truly a welcoming city and, um, you know, your perspective living other places. So uh, the great benefit of this was meeting you and look forward, obviously, to the things we'll be able to do in the future and look forward to the discussion today. Well, that sounds good. Let's let's talk about Chicago. You you were born and raised here in Chicago. Your father is Eli Shulman. He's a man who's an icon in the city. And I've heard that he epitomized the values of kindness and philanthropy. And I've heard from others that you're not far behind him. They, people have said you're one of the most kind men in the city. I really like hearing people's stories. And you shared a little bit of your story with me at breakfast. But can you share the history of your family and what the legacy of Eli's Cheesecake Company means to you? I've been so fortunate. So, you know, I'm an only child born in Chicago. My parents, Eli and Esther Shulman, were also both born in Chicago on the west side. And my dad's family came from Eastern Europe in 1907. He was born in 1910. So they you know, came over as immigrants. Eli was born a little bit west of the Maxwell Street market and, you know, sadly had a drop out of school when he was 16 years old when his father, who was a baker, passed away during the Depression. And then Eli started this career, did a lot of different jobs, was in politics, uh, was a deputy coroner, you know, worked uh, for many prominent politicians on the West Side, sold shoes. And the big event that really changed Eli's life came in 1940. And that's when he found a foreclosure notice on the door of the restaurant, that coffee shop that he went to at the corner of Ogden and Kedzie. So Eli bought the lease in 1940 started in the restaurant business uh, for the first time. Now, there was a bit of an interruption because shortly after that, World War II started. Eli was drafted and uh, ran PXs and restaurants around uh, the country for the Army Air Corps. Uh, When he returned in 1945, met my mother, they got married shortly thereafter, And then Eli really started a career of restaurants. He went to the north side, had Eli's huddle at Argyle and Sheridan. I was born a few years later and then 
he came, he brought his business or his future to the Magnificent Mile area in 1962 when uh, he opened Eli's Stage Delicatessen. And that was a gathering place of celebrities of the day, like, you know, Barbara Streisand, Shecky Green's young stars who were performing at Mr. Kelly's. And Eli's was a tremendous gathering place. So that was in 1962. And then in 1966, Eli had another dream. He wanted to have a white tablecloth restaurant. And he opened Eli's, the place for steak, in the Carriage House, which was on Chicago Avenue, just east of Michigan Avenue. And it's now the home of Lurie Children's Hospital, our restaurant closed in 2005. So Eli, he had this 50-year career in the restaurant business, very focused on being a great host, on quality, those uh, values, treating people as you'd want to be treated. So those are the things, you know, that I grew up with, doing the right thing and, and being charitable. And it was really that restaurant heritage and Eli's the place for steak that gave my dad at the age of 70 this opportunity to create his most famous dish. He was, should say he's very famous, certainly as a steakhouse for steaks, but very famous also for calves liver. Liver Eli was a very well-known dish, but it was the cheesecake that he developed in the kitchen of the restaurant. The cheesecake made its public debut at the first Taste of Chicago, which was on July 4th, 1980. And that was really the event that changed everything because before that, Eli's cheesecake was a dessert at Eli's restaurant. And then suddenly it was now available outside and to other people. So in this last 43 years, um, we've developed a business, certainly gone to a whole different scale. And what's very exciting is I get to tell my dad's story and my mother's story every day in what I do. So that's um, a very exciting part of the business. So, Mark, that was an excellent story of your family's history. And you know, one of the things I found from our, our first meeting is some of the similarities. My dad was in the Army. I know a lot about PXs and, and things of that nature. And I know about living with a father who's got a very big personality, and oftentimes they impart life lessons to you. You kind of mentioned some of the values, and maybe you even find yourself imparting that to your daughters now. What are some of the key life lessons that Eli taught you when you were growing up? When you're able to grow up, in the restaurant business. And in my life, again, only child, both parents working in the restaurant. Uh, my life revolved around the restaurant. That's where, you know, you celebrated holidays, birthdays. I met my wife, Maureen, as a customer at the restaurant when I was working there. And Eli was this huge presence in the business. I mean, he did everything, you know, he greeted customers, he ordered, you know, he would over the weekends take reservations sometimes because Eli's was such a busy restaurant. He had a say, people would call and is Eli there? 
And he'd say, no, you know, this is Jerry, because he had to figure out if it was just a request to him, he, he, he had to figure out a way to get him in the restaurant. But what you learn when you work in a restaurant, and we had so many long-term associates is, you know, the most important people are the people at the technically lowest level, the dishwasher who got the dishes clean, the busboy who turned the table. And, you know, Eli was this composer working with all the different parts of the business in really valuing those associates. So my dad would pass out uh, his golden rules. He had a, a brochure and two of those rules were charity will never bust you. An example of that is when my father had the Ogden huddle, he put up a sign in 1940 that said, if you have no money, we'll feed you free. And the sign was supposed to stay up for several months, and it stayed up for a number of years. So that was a value that influences us today, number of organizations we support. And, you know, my dad, if he had $5 left, he would give it to someone who we knew was more needy. And the other is treat the other as though you were the other. And I think in our business, it's just so important. We work with, you know, today we have almost 300 people at Eli's Cheesecake who come from many different backgrounds, have a history of hiring, you know, refugees, people with disabilities. And the key is if you treat people well, they treat you well in return. So I really have taken that to heart. I think that has been critical. And, you know, my daughter, Alana, who I work with daily and our family, my wife, Maureen, daughter, Corey and Haley, you know, those are the values Eli gave us. And, you know, if we're nice people and good to our coworkers and good community citizens, you know, we find that um, not only is it, a, you know, the right way to be successful, it's the right way to live your life. Mark, that was great. You know, Eli sounded like a true servant leader, and I can see that you're, you're carrying that on today. So, you know, thank you for all you're doing there. And I'm going to take two of those golden rules and add them to mine. You know, that treat others like you were the other, I think that really grounds you and how you treat people. So if you don't mind, I'm going to, I'm going to add those to my toolbox. So, you know, Eli's Cheesecake has many fans from all around the world, famous like Oprah, Will Ferrell, Barack Obama, and Barbara Streisand, to name a few. And also me now, thanks for the, the sample cheesecakes that you sent me. They were great. Don't tell my doctor that I ate them all already. Um, so when you think about you know, you think about Eli's Cheesecake Company. Can you share with me a moment when you felt deeply moved around the impact that Eli's had, whether it's on individuals, workers, city of Chicago? When I think back of events that have happened for Eli's, you know, and this goes back, I mean, you know, it goes back to growing up with my parents and being in the restaurant. You know, Eli's Cheesecake in our history of big cakes and events gives us that ability to be at very unique and special places. So I'll name a few events in big cakes 
that really stand out to me. One would have to be 1987, because with Chicago's 150th birthday cake, we had created a very large cake for Taste of Chicago. And with this cake for Taste of Chicago 1987, it was, my dad died in 1988. So it was the last year that my mother and father there were, were at Butler Field by Taste of Chicago. Uh, Mayor Washington was supposed to come to cut the cheesecake, but there was a threat of rain and they said, you know, he's not going to make it. And my wife, Maureen, needed someone to read the mayoral proclamation that it was um, Eli's was Chicago's 150th birthday cake. And we had Bozo there. And then Bozo has a lot of skills, but I did not know reading this proclamation was one, but it was just, you know, you're there, there's, you know, almost a lightning in the air. It was very electric. And the fact that my parents were there for that. So there was sort of the beginning of big cakes. And then we fast forward number of years in the Chicago White Sox win the World Series. Really great event for Chicago and the crowds. And the next day, there was a city council meeting and we had the opportunity to create this giant cake in the lobby of City Hall and when I arrived, Jim Law, who at the time was the head of the mayor's office of special events, said, would I introduce Mayor Daley, Ozzie Gian, and Jerry Reinsdorf? So very, very special to be able to do it. Fast forward, or I guess we'd go back uh, a few years when we were in um, Washington for President Clinton's first inaugural. And, you know, one of the special events in Eli's history was when Bill and Hillary Clinton visited us in March of 1992 during the presidential campaign. It was a time right before the Illinois primary and Super Tuesday where he was not doing very well in the polls. There was a lot of scrutiny of you know his life. So Bill and Hillary had come to Eli's Cheesecake for a tour. And the next day, it was on the cover of the Washington Post, cover of the New York Times. It was the lead on Face the Nation. And my wife, Maureen, was talking to Hillary and saying, you know, when you win, you know, we want to do a big cheesecake in Washington, D.C. So obviously the Clintons win. It's now January of 1993. We, are, we have brought a thousand pound cheesecake to Washington. Uh, Maureen has gotten Aretha Franklin to come to the mall and cut the cake. And there was actually, we served several thousand people. The cake was actually, the cake was called Red, White, and Bill. And the cake had a red layer and a blue layer. And one thing is, those are not natural coloring. So if you ate that blue cheesecake, your tongue was blue. So we saw, you know, hundreds of people walking on the mall with their blue tongues. But Joe Nathan, who's a very well-known author, was at that event, and she wrote a book 
few years later called, you know, Jewish Cooking in America. And in the book said, you know, I didn't read. She said, I realized how American cheesecake had become when I was in the mall in Washington and saw Eli's. So I guess that took us to that national profile. And we we obviously along the way also came back to Washington for President Clinton's second inaugural for both of President Obama's inaugural and we did make Hillary Clinton and President Obama's 50th birthday cake. So a lot of history there. Wow. Those are some amazing stories, amazing and impactful. You know, I just turned 50 a few months ago. I should have called and gotten one of those cheesecakes for my 50th birthday. But, you know, maybe maybe for my next big one, I'll get one. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor, Sure. Audio equipment for the Executives Exchange podcast is provided by Shore Incorporated. When your team is depending on you for information and motivation, you can't afford to sound anything less than clear and confident. For nearly 100 years, performers and world leaders have depended on Shore microphones. Whether you're in front of a camera or behind a podium, Shore lets you sound extraordinary. Welcome back. So, Mark, let's pivot a little bit and, and you know, let's talk about your career and your education. You know, you went to the University of Denver, got a business degree, had a concentration in finance, but then you actually pivoted and pursued a degree in law at Northwestern. What caused you to make that first pivot from business to law? What were you thinking when you said, hey, got an undergraduate degree in business, but I want to be a lawyer? You know, I think growing up in growing up in the restaurant business and spending my life there, you know, with my parents, education to them was always key. And the question is, you know, when I was growing up is what career would I pursue? They didn't want me to go into the restaurant business. They knew the wear and tear that it had on their lives and every holiday was around the restaurant. So education was always critical, and Eli was always a great lifelong learner in his interests and interests in Chicago. So business, I always was interested in in learning about businesses, businesses like ours. And since Northwestern Law School was just down the block from Eli's The Place for Steak on Chicago Avenue, and the, the dean would come in and um, professors. And then we had a very well-known customer at that time who was Jim Thompson, who was, when I was in college, was the United States attorney for the Northern District of Illinois. And then during the big trials of that era in the 70s, um, Jim Thompson would be at Eli's all the time. So if it was Sam Skinner, Tony Velukas, Joel Flom, Alana Rovner, Dan Weil, I had met them all. So I had the opportunity when I was in college to spend the summer as an unpaid intern at the U.S. Attorney's Office. And so that interest in law really came out in the interest, you know, the dream was to attend Northwestern so I could live upstairs of the restaurant and come home for lunch every day at Eli's and uh, sort of a dream experience. So 
you know, it all worked out very well. And then, you know, getting into law school um, and seeing the various careers. So interest in representing family businesses like our own, buying a building, you know, new product, getting a contract. Those were things I liked to do. I also was always interested in Chicago architecture in history. So um, I practiced historic preservation law and was a officer and volunteer for Landmarks Preservation Council of Illinois. Had some really good experiences and then thought after a few years, maybe because of my interest in public service, I should go into government. So I came pretty close to going into the Byrne administration as a deputy commissioner of housing. But as it turned out, the commissioner at the time, I don't think really it's like, what are you doing? Why do you want to be here? So worked out well in the end that I didn't go into city government. And then a year later, you know, my dad asked me, you know, in 1984, I had been a lawyer for five years. Would I make the move to being in the cheesecake business full time? And and that was probably the right decision, but a big change at the time, you know, taking a you know pretty significant decrease in my wages. My wife and I had had our first daughter. Haley had just been born a few months before, and I really had this great opportunity. We had recently moved to a bakery half a mile south of where we are now on Dakin Street, had the opportunity to work with my father uh, closely, but he was usually, he was at the restaurant, I was at the bakery, and we really spent those four years together, you know, talking every day, being together every night when I'd go to the restaurant about our experience in taking that dessert and expanding it. So I'm always proud that in the four years that we worked together on a regular basis, 1984 to 1988, my dad, because people say, hey, you know, what would your dad say now with the growth? And I said, you know, he saw it. He knew that we had successfully leveraged the brand. Back then, we had the chance to work together from 1984 um, until he passed away in 1988. And he really saw the growth of the business. Um, and he, he went, uh, we were selling uh, Dillon's, which is a grocery chain in the Midwest, now owned by Kroger. And when we had an opportunity to sell them, they said, hey, you know, we come to Chicago all the time. We know Eli. So uh, doing a trip with Eli, uh, going to their stores, you know, he was this great celebrity and he saw how much people really loved his dessert. And then the other thing that happened in the restaurant, one of the things that drove my father to want to create a signature dish for the restaurant is that he looked to Hershey, Wrigley, Sara Lee for a product that grew to a whole other level. And as it turned out, 
you know, Bill Wrigley used to come to Eli's, Charlie Lubin, who was the founder of Sara Lee, came to Eli's. And my dad would talk to them about what he saw his son being able to do to create the brand. So even though my father, you know, passed away, you know, almost 40 years ago, we've really had this great history of building on the brand. And again, to talk with you today, Travis, or to talk to a school group visiting at us at Eli's or talking to our associates uh, to celebrate Eli and his accomplishments and my mother, it's a very rewarding part of the business. Um, and it's just great to see our attention, you know, treat, you know, quality service, you know, treat your people well, charity will never bust you, and how all those pretty basic characteristics uh, work in the business. And the good news is, you know, when you're a privately held company, your, your goal isn't a stock price. It's not, you know, private equity. It's not how much you're going to sell it for. It's really, hey, do we make a great dessert? Do we take care of our customers? Do we take care of our people? Mark, that is great. And, you know, it's, it's definitely that pivot has definitely worked out well for you. If you can if you can think back to, you know, to 84, you know, it's, it's about 40 years. You know, now you've had a lot of opportunity. But what were some of the challenges as you were taking over? Could it have been, you know, operating in your dad's shadow being such a big when you think about it, what were the challenges that you dealt with? And, and what, you know, did your education and growing up in the restaurant as a young child help you prepare for those those challenges? Well, when I look at my career and, you know, the move from being a lawyer to building Eli's Cheesecake, I really feel I had the best background. One, growing up in the restaurant business and having the appreciation for the quality of the people we worked with was critical. You know, having a business degree and having understanding of business, both from school and from my parents and their business, was critical. And then being a lawyer and representing a lot of businesses like ours with, you know, major decisions. So I had the preparation. I think one of the major benefits that I've always had is, um, and I did get this from my father as well, is really interest in lifelong learning. You know, I'm a really, um, I read a lot, you know, used to, if you wanted to read about a public company, you know, 30 years ago, you had to write the SEC, you know, you'd get something back in a month now, you know, you each morning you could do, you know, you could follow a stock, you could read an earnings report, you could go read their, you know, S1 filing, you could, you know, you can get sort of lost in learning, but that has been really important, trade publications, contacts in the industry. So I think I was so fortunate that I had the goodwill of my father's name. I had contacts and people I had met through him and my mother. And, you know, you just sort of take a step forward every day. Now, 
in all those years, there are lots of hard times along the way. We obviously, you know, worked through 9-11 when we were doing a lot of airline business and what the changes were in the economy. You know, obviously we've lived through COVID and the change that that had in a lot of parts of our business. We've lived through multiple recessions uh, and what it meant to the business. We've lived through tremendous increases in commodity costs or also um, supply chain channels. And the one thing I really, you know, one, we've survived, but also we've developed a leadership team and a great operating group here at Eli's. You know, when I started, we had a handful, literally a handful of people. And now today our employment is, I think, about 285 people operating 24 hours a day, but it's the quality of people that make my job easier and it allows us to grow to a different scale. And I think that's, you know, when we look back, so on Dakin Street, First Bakery, we went from 10,000 feet to 20,000 feet. So we had a lot of growth. By 1988, actually right before my father passed away, we realized we needed more space. And we started to work with the city of Chicago on getting land just north of where we were. And the land run was part of the former Reed Dunning Mental Health Center. It was state-owned land. So we started work on moving here in 1988. We moved here finally in um, October of 1996. So we went from 20,000 feet to 62,000 feet. When we came here for the first time, it's like, wow, this is huge. So we had Mayor Daley, Governor Edgar, President Strozier here for our opening, and it's so great to be here. So, And our people can walk to work, many of them. They can bike. Uh, We're pretty convenient to the airport, so when customers come in, but what's really important about the space is it had extra land to expand. So last July, this is in July of 2022, we broke ground on a 42,000 foot addition in October, October 10th of 2023, Governor Pritzker uh, joined us as we opened the space. So now we almost doubled the size of our baking area. So we have more storage. We have more processing space. We were fortunate uh, to get a grant from the city of Chicago for innovation. And our next phase of growth is to build out our innovation education center. And we look forward to doing that next year. It's very dynamic. Um, the business continues to grow. And I think what's really been exciting, you know, over the years, you know, you asked the question about, you know, the different stages you go through and how do you grow your business? Well, the most important part is you get good customers. And I think early on, rather than having a direct consumer 
just delivering to restaurants on our own truck, we decided we were going to sell through distributors. So since Eli was a restaurateur and his friends, you know, Rich Melman, Arnie Morton, Don Roth, you know, where people could buy his products, we really focused to start on food service and selling restaurants. And that has just grown so much over the years. You know, one of the fun things we do today, if you go to a Culver's anywhere in the country to their over 900 restaurants, we're on the menu because we created for them, really working with Craig Culver, Eli's Cheesecake Cubes that you can get in your um, concrete, but then also butter cake cubes, chocolate cake cubes, all branded. And I think of my dad thinking back and going and seeing his name there with Hershey and these other great, you know, candy brands that they have on the menu. So we started in food service. Our first chain going back was Pizzeria Uno, which was a Chicago pizza chain growing nationally. Uh, We were fortunate to go into the retail business, and that started with uh, Jewel and then Dominic's. And then it expanded nationally as well. So Bakery Deli has been an important part of our business. We were introduced to, you know, United Airlines or Hometown Airlines and the airline business grew. We do business now with American and KLM and Virgin Atlantic. So that business continued to grow. And um, we kept on expanding our line. So today, really about half our business is cheesecake, but it's so much broader. And where originally we used to make, you know, nine inch cheesecake and four flavors and then six inch today. Today in our business, we make four inch, five inch, six inch, seven inch, eight inch, nine inch, 10 inch trays so many different things. And what's exciting about our bakery is almost all of of our equipment is movable so that we could create, maybe you're using a different wrapper or using a different cutter or a different depositor. But I work fortunate to work with such creative people. We're always selling, but we're always creating. And that willingness to take chances and expand the business is really what drove the changes. And, you know, I think when we look at our, you know, the top 250 restaurant chains we work with or of the top 50 bakery deli, that's really what has allowed us to just continually grow our business and now to uh, fill this expansion. Mark, that's all great. I mean, it's really impressive. So I want to want to pivot a little bit. We're both girl dads. We both have daughters that have gone to Michigan. My daughter's currently at Michigan. Your daughter graduated from Michigan. And when we had breakfast, you mentioned that your daughter is set to take over the family business. So can you share your thoughts on, you know, passing that legacy down to Hurley from your father to you? And now that's got to be a proud moment. You know, I think that ability of being, you know, with your family and, you know, family businesses uh, 
are, are very interesting. You know, is uh, there's obviously many classes about it and the programs and the things that go on. And I, hey, I was so fortunate, you know, an only child. So generationally, I was a generation and I've worked um, my career with my wife, Maureen, you know, who's my partner, who's our publicist, who, you know, wrote the Eli's Cheesecake Cookbook with our associates, who's always thinking about new things, better things. So I, you know, I've had Maureen's support all the years. And I think for our daughters, have all been involved at different times. I think for Alana, the youngest, she always had the interest and he pursued a career after getting a film, a degree in film from Vassar College. Alana went into video in New York and really at a very exciting time that with you know YouTube, handheld video, how that exploded. So she worked at Condé Nast and then she went on to Vice, where she was a supervising producer at Munchies and spent a number of years just working with restaurateurs and doing food videos very successfully around the world. So she had a, that gave her a really good understanding of the food industry. Uh, when she left that, she went to culinary school in Ireland at Bailey Malou for three months. And then came back shortly before COVID, interesting time to come back full time. But it's been great. It's great to work with her. She's now getting her um, MBA at Northwestern in an executive program. So she works and then goes to school on the weekends. But I think from our people standpoint, I know when I grew up at Eli's, our people who worked with my dad were happy that I was in the business, that there was a plan for the future. I think our associates see it, our customers see it. And, um, you know, I think family, we have a lot of family at Eli's, multiple generations, a few cases like me, it's third generation. So um, I think the care and the concern and, you know, I think we're trying to position Eli's for continued long-term growth and success. And uh, it, it, it's, you know, hey, it's always fun to build a business. We've had our moments over the years, you know, when you, things don't always go to plan. But, um, you know, I think you work to diversify your business, build your client base and just do the right thing. So I think Alana is a great storyteller. It's great that she can tell, you know, my dad's story, my story, our family story. And, um, you know, we just keep on working hard. I can't think of, you know, other than having breakfast with you, anything I'd rather be doing, you know, right now uh, than being at work and having all these exciting things that are going on around me. I think that's amazing, Mark. And, and so I'll ask you one more question. You mentioned, you know, Elena's position to take Eli's to the future. Where do you see, what's your vision for Eli? You know, your dad had a vision. I'm sure you have a vision of where you want Eli's to be 20 years from now. Can you shed a little light on that? You know, I think it's, it's incremental. You know, I look sometimes, 
you know, everything goes in your favor and you can achieve things in a year or two years that you thought could take 20 years. Sometimes things don't go your way and it slows down the process. I think because we were fortunate to build this expansion now, and now we have this really exciting innovation education center being planned for next year, it's, you know, one, lifelong learning and continued training for our people. Um, I think as we sit here today, the thing that always keeps me up at night, but more now than ever is quality and service, because we have these amazing customers who really believe in us and want to buy from us and want to grow from us, but they want those things because of what they know Eli's to be. So, you know, my dad had a saying on his menu, we'll serve good food always at a loss if we must, if a profit, if we can, but always good food. And was signed Eli, Esther, and Mark. We want to grow, but we want to grow doing the right things. And I think, you know, the quality and the people come first. So, you know, I think a whole lot's possible. You know, we were fortunate a couple weeks ago to be with Ed Wimmer, the founder of Wintrust, who's our banker in bank. And uh, he said, wow, with all you have, I think you're going to grow five times over. So, you know, it's possible. Yeah. I mean, when I started, I thought, hey, you know, if we can do, you know, $5 million, it'll be amazing. And, you know, we're way, way past that. So, you know, I think there'll be challenges. You know, do we have to build a new facility? Are we going to fill this facility up? And then where's it going to be? And, uh, you know, can we maintain the culture? So, you know, you don't want to get ahead of yourself. You know, you really need to plan capacity carefully. But, you know, we have an amazing workforce at Eli's, individuals who've been with us 35, 38 years. I mean, our leadership is spectacular. You know, we have a rising individuals who are ready for new challenges. So I just look forward to continuing to build a brand and build the business. And, you know, that's, that's really fun. You know, that's what we do. I don't want to, you know, I, I'm not looking forward to doing anything else. And I guess the, in, in helping prepare Alana and prepare our business um, to be more resilient. And I'd say that they're going to in business, they're great ups and they're also great downs, you know, with things that are far beyond your control. And, you know, we want to build a business um, that's built to last and to be able to sustain itself through both the good times of expansion and challenging times. So I look forward to being here and just working hard. Mark, that's great. You've got a great foundation, a great brand. And I really believe that Eli's is in good hands with your daughter. I've learned so much from you during our conversation. I've got a few rapid fire questions. Don't want you to think long. I just want to ask you the question. Just answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Yeah. You ready? Yes. 
So what's your favorite cheesecake flavor? Okay, chocolate chip, Eli's second flavor, really good when it's served really cold, almost frozen. Um, chocolate chip. Sounds good. What's your favorite place to dine in Chicago? Um, obviously, Miss Eli's a place for steak. I'd say for um, special events, uh, Joe's Seafood, I think Rich Melman and Gerard Centioli have done a great job creating, um, bringing that classic Miami restaurant to Chicago. And, uh, you know, we'll go there for birthdays and other special events. This may be controversial. White Sox or Cubs? You know, we did the White Sox World Series cake. You know, Eli is a North Sider, but also um person who worked at night, probably day games, probably Cubs. Okay. You know, like all Chicago teams. Sounds good. So deep dish or thin pizza? Uh, I'm deep dish. You know, I think, uh, you know, we like tavern style. We also, Alana did a great series on pizza. So we've eaten a lot of good pizza, but yeah, I'm, I'm a deep dish person. All right. So what's your favorite way to unwind after a long day? You said you're a lifelong learner, but what's your favorite way to unwind? You know, when I get home, you know, I'm very happy. Uh, our daughters, well, I'd say to see um, our granddaughters uh, when that's possible. If not, to see my wife and our cat who is home and uh, to take advantage of it. But, you know, to go for a walk, um, you know, we live uh, close to where Eli's, the place for steak was located. Uh, so to walk on Michigan Avenue or to be out in the, in the neighborhood. And, and certainly when the weather is great in Chicago, like today, just to take advantage of the city and being outside. Okay. So on a beautiful day, lake day or park day? Um, parks, you know, we have a great playground named for my father, Eli Shulman Playground at Seneca Park. So I'm a park person. And, uh, you know, as I say, it's uh, we have so many great neighborhoods in Chicago and, and, and so many exciting things to discover and take advantage of. And so many great partners in education that, uh, hey, as we discussed at breakfast, Chicago's a really, really good place with really nice people. And, and when you see that, it gives you optimism for the future. That's great. What's your most memorable travel destination? I'd say anytime um, we get to travel with our um children and now grandchildren. We just celebrated my daughter's uh, 40th birthday in Las Vegas. So uh, our daughter, Haley, that was pretty memorable last year. We got to go to Paris, the five of us. Uh, you know, we've gone to Mexico the last few years to Cabo. So I'd say any time we get to travel with our family, wherever it is, is the most memorable. And last one, the most memorable book you read. You know, team of rivals, I'd say, you know, Doris Kearns Goodwin about, you know, Lincoln and, uh, you know, how he assembled people and what he was able to do. So, Mark, this has been wonderful. I've enjoyed having a conversation with you. It was just an extension of our conversation at breakfast. And I'm looking forward to future conversations with you. Thank you very much. Hey, thank you. And we're again, we're so happy the leadership positions that you've assumed in Chicago and the fact that you're here, you're going to have a huge impact on our city going forward. Thank you very much. 
That's all for today's episode of The Executives Exchange, sponsored by Shure Incorporated. Thanks for listening. If you have Chicago speakers you think we should cover, please send us an email at media at executivesclub.org. The Executives Exchange is a production of the Executives Club of Chicago. Audio equipment for the Executives Club podcast is provided by Shure. Whether you're making a point or making history, Shure lets you sound extraordinary. It's written by me, Margaret Mueller, produced by Eva Pinar. Research and support from the staff of the Executives Club of Chicago. We appreciate you subscribing and reviewing the show from wherever you listen. Feel free to follow the club on Twitter at Exec Club and on LinkedIn. If you have more questions or are interested about becoming a member at the Executives Club of Chicago, check us out on the web at executivesclub.org.